right there, Aunt Peru. fans and moof milkers everywhere welcome to episode number 175 of blast points this is jason and this is gabe we have been talking about doing an episode dedicated to baru i think since <laughs> since we first came up with a list of ideas when we first started the podcast there was always Baru's always been there <laughs> it's been brewing from the very beginning. It's a slow brew. We were never ready, but I feel like now we're finally ready. There's no turning back now. We've it's it's brew time. Yeah, well now that we're barreling towards the the epic finale of the Skywalker saga, it's time to talk about an integral part of the Skywalker saga. Aunt Beru, the the adopted mom of Luke, the heart and soul. Of Luke Skywalker. One of the very few people who met Anakin and Padme and Luke and Shmi and Kleeg. And 3PO. And R2-D2. <laughs> All the major players. <laughs> and she conveniently forgot them. <laughs> she's just she's just a simple lady. She's not obsessing over details like droids. There are so many clues to get to know Baru. Or as some would say, Baru's clues understanding Baru on and off the screen, behind the scenes, many mysteries with Baru White Sun Lars. And we can't wait to dig into some Baru's clues. But first, there's news. Oh, my God. It's Celebration. It's back. Star Wars Wars Celebration. What's up? They warned us, but it's still, it's still not enough. Now it's real. There's dates. There's times. We got to make it happen. No rest for the wicked. It's just, they give you a couple months to recover from Chicago. And then it's like, all right, you ready to, ready to ride it again? <laughs> Anaheim 2020, August 27th through the 30th. Tickets go on sale on June 21st, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Luckily, it's only four days this time. I know for me, the first, I was like, okay, August, that's kind of what I thought. And then I, was, I had to count it out on my fingers. I was like, 27, 28, 29, 30. Woo! Thank you. <laughs> this time it's closer to half a week instead of closer to a full week. I liked the five days. <laughs> the five days was insane, but four days is, yeah, thank you. Yeah, if this ends up happening every other year, Maybe they need to bring it down to two days <laughs> just just so we can make it until the Ryan Johnson movies come out. Well, as of recording, uh, we're both going to shoot for four day passes on Friday the 21st. And I think I think we should be OK as long as we're going to try and do it that Friday. So I think th- the plan is we're going to be there unless something completely insane happens. But. It's really crazy thinking about this Celebration 2020, though, because I know for us, it'll be the first one that, as far as we know, isn't going to be centered around a new movie coming out in theaters, or as far as we know. Right, because all the previous ones we've been to have always been the one right before one of the new films, and 
technically one of the Skywalker films, right? Because we went to two and three and seven and eight and nine. It's still a blur. Yeah, so that's the big mystery, right? Mandalorian will be out. Rise of Skywalker will have been out almost a year at that point. We know the Cassian show will be filming by then. So maybe there'd be Cassian stuff. Mandalorian season two animated stuff. What would that be? Resistance season four, three, four. Well, what season? Yeah. Season two of resistance could be going on or could have ended by that point. We could be talking about, yeah, resistance, maybe season three by that point. The one thing I wonder is we're going to be, like you said, almost a year out from the rise of Skywalker. Is this when we start talking about what's next with those Game of Thrones goofballs? Are we going to start to talk about this? Are we going to start to talk about the Ryan Johnson movies? Are we going to start to move on to the next era? Because what, that first next Star Wars movie is what, two years after this celebration? Right, so this will be a non-big movie year because then, well, I guess we don't know. We would assume, right, that in 2022, two years later, would be the celebration to get us ready for the Game of Thrones guys movie. And that kind of fits in well with the speculation that D23 and Sarah Celebration would potentially alternate every two years. So maybe they would start talking about Maybe they won't. Maybe this will be one of those weird ones because it is the it's Empire's 40th anniversary, right? And the battle for Endor's 35th anniversary. That's going to be the uh, the Sunday morning. That's going to be the Phantom Menace panel of of that celebration. The battle for Endor panel. Because you know there's going to be one. That could be the big Friday morning panel. That could be the lottery system. Did you get into the battle for Endor 35th anniversary? Yes. No. Are you mad about it? Will Sindel be there? Will the witch be there? Will the guy with the the goofy voice? <laughs> Ewoks! Come here, Ewoks! Are you ready, Anaheim? <laughs> You know, Wilfred Brimley being there is a given. He's still alive, right? I think so, yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't let diabetes get him. It's all that oatmeal. Wilfred Brimley's going to be there if he's still alive. The whole cast and crew, a reunion. Warwick Davis is probably going to be the host. You got Warwick Davis. You got Battle for Endor 35th anniversary panel Friday morning. If you would have told me there was going to be a Phantom Menace panel, I wouldn't have believed you. So I'm... You think we're joking, but I think there's a pretty good chance that uh, there's going to be a Ewok movie panel. I hope so. Now is the time. You know, it's the 35th anniversary. When else are you going to do it? In my opinion. No one wants to hear about Empire. We've been talking about that movie for forever. Empire Schlumpire. <laughs> what else is there to say about Empire Strikes Back? Everybody already knows everything. It's the darker middle chapter. Let's move on to the darker middle chapter of the Ewok movies. That's what people want to talk about. We're still waiting for part three, the happy conclusion. Maybe that's what they're going to announce. The conclusion, now that the Skywalker saga is concluded, now the Warwick family saga can be concluded. That's what the Game of Thrones goofballs are doing. They're finally making the third chapter of the Ewok saga, so then Ryan Johnson can come in and get get down to business. Because, yeah, everyone was... Completely on board with their ending for Game of Thrones, right? So let's just have them end the Ewok movies. <laughs> They're everyone's favorite story enders. So, yeah, let's, let's bring those guys in. Noah and Sindel can just ride off into the woods at the end together. And, it would, I, you know, it would actually be kind of sweet. Uh, maybe I'll finally get my gray-haired wicket I've been waiting for. Maybe he'll be in Episode Nine still, and that's all just a setup for him to be in the Ewok movie Part 3. Because they left, they left Wicket and Teak back on Endor. The last we saw at the end of Battle for Endor is Wicket and Teak there. So where does their story go? Where do Noah and Sindel go? Yeah, do they meet up again? There's space witches now that are flying around on space brooms and only the Ewoks can help them. I bet Noah and Sindel, they go to Batu, get some of that crossover. That's all that Black Spire stuff. It all leads back. To the Ewok movies. An ABC premiere presentation from the creator of the Star Wars saga. Noah, here they come! 
Lucasfilm journeys throughout the heavens for the mightiest combat of the galaxies. I have the power. I will give you Huntington. Ewoks, the battle for Endor, next. Celebration Anaheim. Be there or be square. We're going to be there. We'll see you in line for the Battle for Endor 35th anniversary panel. Can't wait. Tonight's continuing fantasy adventure of Sindel and the Ewoks contains some scenes of suspense and jeopardy which may be too intense for very young viewers. Parents are encouraged to watch with their children. and creature performer details from a few of these Star Wars movies set in a galaxy far, far away. And you're listening to Blast Points Podcast with Jason and Gabe. May the Force be with you. Who is Aunt Beru? Who was Aunt Beru? What do we know about Beru, White Sun, Lars, commonly known as Aunt Beru. Is she more than just a pair of big Beru eyes? What was that cut line from The Last Jedi? Gave it all up for a pair of pretty eyes. Maybe Luke, maybe Luke was originally going to say gave it up for a pair of pretty Beru eyes because he's still, he's still dreaming about his aunt. His first love. The only person that was seemingly nice to him besides Biggs. Biggs was pretty nice to him. Biggs and Beru. People with short names that start with B. Yeah, they're the only people nice to Luke. We've always been obsessed with Baru. We've always been talking about Baru. But like I said, who is Baru? What, Gabe, if I woke you up in the middle of the night and shined a flashlight in your face and said, who is Aunt Baru? Just off the top of your head, who is Aunt Baru? Uh, she, she's an angel. She's what the deep space pirates talk about. She's, she's the kindest... Woman in uh, the whole planet. She, her voice is like from another world. Literally, yeah. Yeah, because what, what was it that drew you to Baru? Because <laughs> in a crazy movie full of crazy stuff, how is it that there's just this seemingly ordinary woman is just so captivating and you just can't not be hooked on Aunt Baru? I think there are several things that drew me to Baru. I think right away when she says, Luke's just not a farmer, he has too much of his father in him, I think that makes the whole audience kind of stand up. Especially in the ages before the prequels. You're like, oh, oh. And Baru knew a little bit about that. But also, she's got the blue milk. She's got that awesome collar. She's just hanging out on a desert planet wearing a jean jacket or some kind of denim shirt. Her hair is pretty much the same as Luke's in Return of the Jedi. So she's she's kind of foreshadowing things. I'm still waiting for someone to show up in the sequel trilogy wearing like a denim shirt and a big collar up underneath. Do you think when Luke went to get his hair cut for Return of the Jedi, he has like a picture of Beru that he's kept? And he's like, I, I want my hair like my aunt. I think I think absolutely. I think so, too. In 2017, we got the Fantastic From a Certain Point of View book. And there's a, a short, short story in there by Meg Cabot, just all about Baru. And that was a fascinating Baru read. It kind of brew up the whole backstory of Baru. What, what, kind of, what was going on in that? Well, her story is interesting, first off, because it, it's like Baru right after she dies. <laughs> <laughs> kind of remembering her life and thinking of what it could have been and imagining her opening a cafe or a restaurant in Anchorhead and I believe baking things, right? Which was her true love. And it, wasn't she talking about blue milk cheese? She wanted to have blue milk cheese? Yes. Then Ben Kenobi showed up with a little baby, but she couldn't say no to the baby. Was, was she a good aunt to baby Luke? Did she raise him the right way? And she says, I th this a quote from the book, I, th I really think I succeeded, except for Owen's not allowing Luke to go to the academy. And of course, what happened to Owen and me that day with the stormtroopers, I really wish Luke wouldn't have seen that. 
Then again, if he hadn't, he wouldn't have gone off with old Ben, met the princess, destroyed the Death Star, and saved the galaxy. So I guess things did turn out all right in the end, didn't they? It's a reflective Baru. It's the truth, right? If there's a difference, Anakin and Luke kind of had the same journey and the same choices to make. And Luke, in the end, made the right choices because he had a good role model in Aunt Baru. So there are people that laugh about Aunt Baru, that shrug off Aunt Baru. Ridiculous, crazy character, don't need her. I disagree. I say Amperu is possibly one of the most significant characters in the entire saga. <laughs> she's she's the Qui-Gon of the original trilogy. She really is. <laughs> all the all the things we say about Qui-Gon, every single word we've said about Qui-Gon, the same could be applied to Baru. She is the moral center of A New Hope until Obi-Wan Kenobi comes around. But who, I would even argue this. Who has a greater influence on Luke Skywalker? Baru or Kenobi? Baru. The two greatest traits of the Jedi. Compassion and selflessness. I think Luke learned that from Baru. Selflessness is Baru's whole life. She took care of Uncle Owen. She took care of Luke. She lived out in the middle of nowhere in that desert. Just in a tiny little hut. All she wanted was a droid that spoke bachi. That's all she wanted. Tell Owen if he gets a translator, make sure it speaks bocce. She was struggling with that bocce, and she needed a translator droid of some kind. She had her denim shirt. She had her big collar. She just needed help with the bocce. She wasn't asking for much. We meet Baru in A New Hope. She has some amazing dynamite powerhouse scenes. We see her smoking skeleton outside the hut. And we think, at the time, that maybe that's the last we'll see of Baru. But we all knew if the prequels ever get made, that Owen had to be in it. And if Owen's in it, there's got to be Baru, right? We'd hope. It would just make sense. Because that's what everyone has been waiting, was waiting 20 years to see. It's like, yeah, Anakin, Vader, whatever. We want to see Baru. When people talked about the prequels before they came out, it was I can't wait to see what Darth Vader was like as a kid and... What's up with young Baru? Will we see her shopping for that shirt and denim jacket? We, did, we didn't get that. But we did get young Baru in Attack of the Clones and briefly in Revenge of the Sith. And some people say that she only had one line and didn't get to do much in Attack of the Clones. And they're absolutely right. She does only have one line and it's hello. Owen Laws, uh, this is my girlfriend Baru. Hello. But to that I ask this. If Anakin Skywalker shows up with Padme Amidala, former queen of Naboo, at your house, just out of the blue, when you're going through a lot of family drama with your boyfriend's dad, he just had his leg ripped off by sand people, and his wife has been missing, what would you say? I don't I probably wouldn't say much more than hello either. Yeah, I might not even say hello, which is which is more proof of just how compassionate and selfless Baru is. She, she still knew enough to be polite to a stranger, even though she was having a rough time. You know what I just thought of? I wonder, do you think the original droid she had that spoke Bachi was 3PO, and she's been trying to find another droid that speaks Bachi all those years, and when she finally gets a new one that speaks Bachi, it's just 3PO again? It's the ring theory. It's like poetry. It rhymes. It all comes back around. Luke, tell your uncle if he gets a translator, be sure it speaks Bachi. Doesn't look like we have much of a choice, but I'll remind him. Well, originally in Attack of the Clones, at one point in time, Baru did have more to do. There was a more to do Baru, and it was cut out, right? What, what do we know about missing Baru scenes? Yeah, so there was an extra scene where Baru spent some time with Padme. Yeah, so while Anakin was out looking for his mother, Baru and Padme spent a little time together. And it's it's an odd scene. It's in the novelization, and it's an odd scene because is it isn't it just like Baru asking Padme what it's like on Naboo? Yeah, Padme was making some food for Anakin because he just got back with his mom. And Baru came up to help her, and she said, What's it like there? Baru asked. And Padme says, I'm sorry? On Naboo, what's it like? 
she tells her that it's green. There's lots of water. It's not like here. And Bruce says, I think I'd like it here better. And Padme says, maybe you'll come and see it someday. And she says, I don't think so. I don't like to travel. And that was it. Baru is a master of making blue milk cheese, of preparing blue milk. But I don't think at this time, I don't think young Baru, micro Baru, I don't think this Baru has mastered the art of small talk yet. You know, did she want to stay? Did she want to go? It all depends on your point of Baru. You know, and maybe she really liked tattooing. If you have no frame of reference for Nabu, if Padme's like, it's green, there's the lake country, I'd like to raise children there. There's all these like swamp areas and there's these like orange frog people that live underwater. They're called Gungans and they're crazy. There's this guy, Seal Bibble, and he's got a beard that's out of control. Well, you know, Tatooine's like living on the beach without just the water part of it. It's like if you like to lay out in the sun on the beach and you don't really want to go in the water, it's like beach planet. Every day's a party. And supposedly there was a scene in Attack of the Clones of Owen and Beru waving goodbye to Anakin and Padme when they leave, too. But I don't know if anyone's ever seen proof of that. I would love to see that, though. That's somewhere with the uh, 3PO without his coverings scenes. But now that we've dug into the the expanded Baruniverse, maybe we should talk about the real the real Baru. Who is the real Baru in the real world? Our Baru in 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 episode four was uh, actress Sheila Fraser. Uh, she joined the crew in filming on April first, nineteen seventy six, uh, just a couple days after Lucas decided to tell. Alec Guinness, that he was killing off Ben Kenobi. <laughs> and Sheila Fraser shows up, and Lucas writes in his notes, uh, she's a little British, but she's okay. <laughs> but what what do we know about Sheila Fraser? What What's out there about her? Well, she was a pretty prolific actress in the UK. Sheila was born in 1920. She was in a lot of television shows like A Family at War. She's appeared in more than 50 films and TV shows. Z Cars, Softly, Softly, The Professionals, Heartbeat, The Witches, The Body Stealers, Doom Watch. I don't know what any of these are. Maybe if you're listening to the show in the UK, maybe these are things you've heard of. But as far as like, yeah, American films, Star Wars might be the only thing she was in. There's a great interview with Sheila Fraser in um, Star Wars Insider, issue number 32 in 1997. She talks about her kind of shock that she still would, at that time, would be getting letters from all the Baru fans out there. She's talking about how she knew George Lucas was making more Star Wars movies, and she hopes she could get a part in one of them. Not necessarily as Baru, but somewhere in there. And one of my favorite things in the article on Insider is she remembers that during the filming of Star Wars that she loved uh, hanging out on the beach with Kenny Baker and Jack Purvis. It's a beach party every day. <laughs> Going with the Wild Boys. <laughs> That's The Duran Duran song Wild Boys is actually about them hanging out. <laughs> That's a little known fact. You know, at the end of the article, it's kind of a nice little moment where they say uh, Sheila Fraser stops for a moment, as if taking in the enormity of that one little film she did at the time 20 years ago, never knowing how it would turn out. Once you're in such an extraordinary situation, she marveled, nothing is ever the same again. Unfortunately, Sheila Fraser passed away in the year 2000, so she's still a bit of a mystery, still many clues as we're, as we're going to get to, and... Then in Attack of the Clones, we were gifted with uh, another beautiful Baru performance by Bonnie Peace, who was just 18 years old when they filmed Attack of the Clones. So Bonnie Peace was uh, was an actress and a, and a musician. She's been at many, many conventions ever since. I wish we would have gotten to know young Baru a bit more. Like what did what did young Baru think of Kleeg Lars? Like here she meets Owen Lars, guy he's got like a future in moisture farming, and then she meets Kleeg, who's just the biggest grump in the world in the galaxy. Until eventually Owen takes that mantle as, as being the, the new 
King Grump. Well, that's more proof of just how wonderful person Baru is because you can see what the moisture farming lifestyle did to Owen because Owen seemed like a sweet guy in Attack of the Clones and by A New Hope, he's turned into his grouchy old dad and he still has two legs and he's still that grouchy. I could I could imagine Baru with her, dare I say, Jedi-like ways of compassion, being very kind to Kleeg. Possibly the, the only moments of kindness Kleeg Lars ever got. Well, Shmi, I'd imagine Shmi is very, was very kind, but Sh- we could say that Shmi and Baru are very similar. Well, and that's actually a really good point, the fact that Shmi, who was Anakin's mother, was Owen's stepmom. And because Baru was Owen's girlfriend and was, as far as we can tell from the movie, she was already just living at their hut because <laughs> she was always there. So in a way, Shmi was Baru's mom and then Baru was Luke's mom. So some of what made Luke Luke is like right from the source from Shmi. Everything Baru learned possibly about kindness and compassion and maybe even the art of small talk which she seems to be a master of by the time you get to a new hope perhaps is learned from shmi and we could even go so far as to say maybe that snazzy collar and denim shirt was shmi's yeah we don't know in in those missing years of shmi's life when anakin was off being a jedi and obi-wan was growing his mullet shmi could have been wearing a denim shirt and a big huge butterfly collar Kleeg freed her. She went out. First thing, if I think if I was freed, I, first thing I would do, I would go out and buy the biggest collar I could. Wado <laughs> <laughs> you know, wasn't letting her wear collars like that. So she went out, she bought the big collar, she bought the denim shirt, and then Brew was old enough. She went in the closet. She's like, no one else is wearing this. I'm putting this on. Because when Brew was young, she just wore like rags and stuff. So, do you think when in in the Last Jedi when Yoda bumps Luke on his head with his cane at that moment, Luke says like, uh, "I can't be what she needs me to be" and all that stuff, and Luke decides to make the the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate moment of Jedi awesomeness. Do you think Beru, Beru was on his mind in those moments? <laughs> it's it's kind of like we know Luke's a little uh, a little slow sometimes. So in A New Hope. Basically, his his sweet aunt had to give her life to inspire him. And then like 30 minutes later, his new wizard friend had to give his life to inspire him by the time those two people did it. Hopefully, Luke learned that lesson that he finally used 30 years later. Yeah, Luke gives his life to inspire the entire galaxy. He was looking at those two sons and thinking about Baru. That's where you get peace and peace and purpose. That was a. That was Baru's nickname in high school. Peace, peace and purpose. Yeah. So on July 16th, 1976, it's the last day of filming in the UK. Before the long, long journey of post-production begins, soundman Derek Ball traveled to Sheila Fraser's home to record what was called Wild Tracks, lines to be inserted anywhere in the movie. We can imagine that probably some of the stuff recorded at that time was some of the Luke, 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 that stuff, right? But somewhere in post-production, Sheila Fraser's lines are dubbed, we believe, and then are changed again. And this gets us into some of the Baru's clues, where... We we talked about this. We hinted at it at our episode way back the 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 mono mixes of A New Hope and the difference between the mono and the stereo. The dozens and dozens of audio differences between those two versions. But when you really start getting crazy, really start examining these Baru's clues with the audio mixes, it's a fascinating journey. People get dubbed; their audio gets overdubbed all the time in movies. But one of the Special things about Brew, other than just the visual of Brew, is the fact that, you know, she's like the original Bane, where her voice totally sounds like it's just coming from the heavens and it's not actually in the film with the with the other people. Because Luke and Uncle Owen kind of sound like they're in the same place. And then all of a sudden this voice of an angel comes in for Brew. So you know they overdubbed her voice, but the mystery is 
is that Sheila's voice? Is that someone else's voice? There's people that think her original on set dialogue was maybe too British sounding. So they just went back and recorded her doing more of an American accent. I think there's people that think the mono mix and stereo mix are both the same actress, potentially both her, and they're just different takes. That's why they sound different. There's people that think they're totally different people. So we can start with the source. We we have from one of Sheila Frazier's BBC shows, right? We have an actual sample of what Sheila Frazier's real voice sounded like, correct? Yes. And surprisingly, it's not that easy to find clips of a movie that she was in. But we were able to find a television movie, I think, called Frankie and Johnny from the UK, where there's a scene with the real Baru, Sheila Frazier, uh, talking. And you can hear she sounds like she's British. All right, so let, let's listen to that. She couldn't wait. The bunker. All set up. The biggest demo this town has ever seen. Thousands of women from all over. Can you imagine the organization of something like that? Blown because she couldn't wait. She kept on and on about having access to it. We outvoted her. So what do you think? Do you think that sounds like uh, on-screen Aunt Baru in any way, shape, or form? It's really hard to tell with that clip because it's such a different type of character in that clip. I mean, maybe? Let's examine our next Baru clue. Let's, let's listen to the, the stereo version of A New Hope. Let's let's check out that, Baru. Where are you going? Looks like I'm going nowhere. I have to go finish cleaning those droids. Oh, and he can't stay here forever. Most of his friends have gone. It means so much to him. I'll make it up to him next year. I promise. <sighs> Luke's just not a farmer, Owen. He has too much of his father in him. That's what I'm afraid of. So that's probably, that's like classic Baru, right? That's the one that's been around the most. It was the stereo and I believe the 70 millimeter versions from 77. It was the Baru from the Laserdiscs and VHS, right? All the way up to the Blu-ray. That, that's what's known as Baru Classic, I would say. Now, now here, here's where things get really interesting. Let's, let's check out the, the mono mix of Baru, or commonly known as Strange Baru. Where are you going? Looks like I'm going nowhere. I have to go finish cleaning those droids. Oh, and he can't stay here forever. Most of his friends have gone. It means so much to him. I'll make it up to him next year. I promise. <laughs> Luke's just not a farmer, Owen. He has too much of his father in him. That's what I'm afraid of. What's interesting about that one, is that more than Baru Classic? Sounds like it was recorded in the room with Phil Brown and Mark Hamill. It's a good point. Maybe that is the real original Baru. Does that mono mix Baru sound more like the actual Sheila Frazier? I kind of can see where they both sound like they could be her. Just to be, if she was doing, she's doing an accent, she's doing a voice, she's trying to sound American. Maybe she had two different American accents that she did. But that's where I feel like even if the mono mix sounds like maybe it's on set, is the original dialogue her just using her regular voice? Or on set, did they tell her, did she try to do an American accent? Let's listen to, I want to listen to Sheila Frazier's actual voice again. Let's, let's sample that again. She couldn't wait. The bunker. All set up. The biggest demo this town has ever seen. Thousands of women from all over. Okay, that's enough. Now let's now let's I'm gonna, let's sample the mono mix again. Where are you going? Looks like I'm going nowhere. I have to go finish cleaning those droids. Oh, and he can't stay here forever. Most of his friends have gone. It means so much to him. I'll make it up to him next year. I promise. <laughs> Luke's just not a farmer, Owen. He has too much of his father in him. That's what I'm afraid of. I'd say it's more possible with the mono than the stereo. See, I kind of feel like the stereo sounds, but maybe that's just because I'm used to it. <laughs> Let's sample the stereo again. Where are you going? Looks like I'm going nowhere. I have to go finish cleaning those droids. Oh, and he can't stay here forever. Most of his friends have gone. It means so much to him. 
I'll make it up to him next year. I promise. <sighs> Luke's just not a farmer, Owen. He has too much of his father in him. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah, I feel like the stereo version has a little bit of that, like, raspiness that the Frankie and Johnny clip has. I could almost see where the stereo brew may be the real brew and maybe the mono mix because it was a newer version. They were like, well, maybe we don't really like original, kind of like with uh, Anthony Daniels, where Lucas had another voice in mind and he was trying to find a better voice. And in the end, he was like, no, Anthony Daniels voice is the right voice. So maybe it was a similar thing with Baru that he tried this new take or different actress. And in the end, he's like, no, the original one was was where it's at. Let's go back to what we said about Lucas's original notes that he took on that day of filming in April 76. Maybe Lucas didn't like that she did the lines of the British accent. Because Phil Brown, Uncle Owen, is not British. Well, and with the original movies, there was very, very much the good guys had American accents and the bad guys had the British accents. And Baru is good, good, good to the core. English is not the only language that was blessed with Baru. Baru has been dubbed in many languages over many years. And of all the characters, it seems like it's most appropriate to overdub Baru because that's one of the characteristics of Baru that we all love so much. Just for fun here, we can sample some of the various Barus of the world. It's a small world after all. What what country what 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 Baru country are we visiting first here? Let's go through. So in 1978, there is a German dub of A New Hope. Here is German Baru. Wo willst du hin? Wo soll ich schon hin? Ich muss diese Droiden fertig putzen. Oh, er kann nicht ewig hier bleiben. Die meisten seiner Freunde sind schon weg. Es bedeutet ihm so viel. Ich mache es wieder gut nächstes Jahr. Ich verspreche es. Luke ist einfach kein Farmer, Owen. Es steckt zu viel von seinem Vater in ihm. And continuing on our European vacation in 1977, there is a French dub of Baru. Where are you going? I don't know what it seems. I'm going to finish cleaning these droids. You mean he'll stay here at all times, but almost all his friends are gone. And the academy is so important for him. He'll go there next year. I'll take you there. Yes. Luc is everything except a nurse, Owen. He resembles too much to his father, this guy. That's what makes me scared. All right. I feel very cultured already. What do we have next? So now we're heading over to the Spanish part of the world, <laughs> which there are more than one Spanish part of the world, and there is more than one Spanish dialect version of Baru. So here is the 77 Spanish Baru. ¿A dónde vas? Por lo visto, a ninguna parte. Acabar de limpiar a esos androides. No puede quedarse aquí eternamente. Se han ido casi todos sus amigos. Eso significa mucho para él. Se irá el año próximo. Lo prometo. <laughs> Luke nunca será granjero, Owen. El muchacho es igual que su padre. Eso es lo que me da miedo. All right, so next we have a 1980 Spanish dub. ¿A dónde vas? Por lo visto, a ninguna parte. Terminaré de limpiar los androides. No es justo que él se quede aquí cuando la mayoría de sus amigos se han ido. Eso significa mucho para él. Se irá el año próximo. Lo prometo. Ah, Owen, Luke nunca será un granjero. Se parece mucho a su padre. Eso me atemoriza. I like how she says Owen in that one. Where, where, where are we headed next? So next we're moving to Italy for a the 1977 Italian Baru. ¿Dónde está ¿Dónde voy que vada? Debo finir de pulir aquel droide. Non può restare qui con noi per sempre. Quasi tutti i suoi amici se ne sono andati. È così importante per lui. L'anno prossimo lo lascerò andare. Te lo prometto. Luke non è solo un semplice contadino. Assomiglia a suo padre, naturalmente. È questo che mi preoccupa. Next we have uh, a 1992 dub in Czech. Come this? Preparato, signor Cam. Musi mescere ci siete I feel like they're turning up the drama in that one. 
think so. Right, is, is this our this this is this our final one here? We have well, we have one more. I do know there is a somewhere there is a Japanese Baru, which I was not able to track down, and I do believe they did a dub of a new hope in the Navajo language. So somewhere there is Navajo Baru, but I wasn't able to find clips of those. So maybe someone out there has those, or if, if you know of any other international Baru's, let us know. But the last one I have here is I think my favorite of the alternate Baru's is the Portuguese from 2015. All right, let's check it out. Aonde você vai? Acho que é lugar nenhum. Eu tenho que limpar os androides. Oh, e ele não pode ficar aqui para sempre. Os amigos dele foram embora. Significa muito para ele. Deixo ele ir no ano que vem. Eu prometo. <risos> Luke não é um fazendeiro, Owen. Ele tem muita coisa do pai dele. É o que eu temo. That's more of the the lovable grandmother take on Baru than uh, maybe the aunt version. That's like. Grandma Baru. She she does have a bit of that lovable grandmother quality to her. So, well, we we've traveled around the world in search of Baru's clues. I think our clues have led us to our final theory that we love Aunt Baru. I think in the end, the the ultimate clue was right there in front of us the whole time. That Baru is love, and we love Baru. Baru is love. Star Wars is love. Baru is Star Wars. Bar- is Baru in you? There's a little Baru inside of you and all of us. All right, so we put out the call to you folks, the listeners, for some Baru haikus. And we got an overwhelming response of Baru Haiku. So we got emails, Facebook, everything. It totally Baru up. It Baru our minds. And we want to say thank you, Baru. Thank Baru. Each and every one of Baru. We love all of Baru. We're going to do the best we can to get through as many as we can here. I don't think we can get through all the Baru Haikus that were sent, but... We read them, and we love them, and we, we say thank you. But our first first one we want to do was the first one that was sent to us by Amy Wishman on Twitter. And her Baru haiku is, On Luke, he has too much of his father in him, Owen, but he has just the best parts. Wow. All right, next we have an email from... Parker Morris and Parker's poem is She brings us blue milk. She's the best galactic ant. We call her Baru. In need of a droid, Aunt Baru reminds young Luke. It must speak Bachi. That's good. I'm gonna do one here from from at brandfy78. Moisture farm she'd run. Blue milk for everyone. Old Baru White Sun. It's a haiku and it rhymes. That's like bonus points. (laughs) Well, here's another good one from Mike G from Twitter. Baru White Sun Lars. Your kitchen fed the new hope. Hey, what are those? Leaks? Here's one from Derek Espino. It's titled The Greatest Love in the Galaxy, which I, I think that's very fitting. Baru takes baby. Luke is his name, and he's cute. It's love at first sight. All right, here's one from Jesse. In denim jacket, needs a droid to speak bocce to help with harvest. Thank you for mentioning the denim jacket. It's- the denim jacket is poetry. Here's one from, from Brandon. She understands Luke. Her meals have both green and blue. Cool, both young and old. That's Baru. Mm-hmm. All right, here's one from Joel. Another new droid? Make sure it speaks bocce too. No replacing Luke. You need to hydrate? Let me pour a glass of milk. You like it blue, right? All right, here's one from Charles. If not for Baru... Luke would not choose milk to drink. 
neither green nor blue. That's deep. Because that's some Last Jedi, right? Luke's alone on the island, and what's he doing? He's drinking milk because that's what his aunt taught him. Let's do it. Let's do a few more here. What do we have next? Here's one from Ethan. Baru, sweet Baru, please pour me some sweet blue milk. Baru, sweet Baru. Yeah. That's like a Grammy-winning uh, song there. Here's one from, uh, from Jonathan. Come with me, young Luke. Mushrooms on evaporators will be our reward. I like that it's, it's touching on a Baru adventure we did not see. Mm-hmm. Jonathan sent us another one here. Attack of the Clones. Is Baru Owen's wife yet? No, just his girlfriend. Hello. What do we have next? From Adam, Moisture Farm Kitchen. Are you cooking endives there with white Tupperware? Wonderful. This is maybe the most vegetable poetry ever in one episode of anything. We have several from uh, Colin and Michelle Whitlitch here. Uh, Colin sent one titled Vigil, Caretaker in Sand. She lies asleep waiting for Luke to come back home. You have Homestead by Michelle, pouring bantha milk. She's calling Luke, Luke, but she can't speak bocce. It's her only weakness. Now, here we have a really heavy one from Michelle wrapping it out. Baru guides her boy. She knows he's not a farmer. Her death, catalyst. Wow. Wow. Right in the gut. Whoa. Yeah. So we have one more. What's our last one here, Gabe? All right. So Lawrence sent us this one. Hello there, old Ben. Luke is well. Thanks for asking. Would you like a drink? For a bonus one. To round it all out, we've got a Klee Glars haiku from, from Lawrence. What's going on with that? Yeah, Lawrence couldn't resist a, a Klee Glars haiku. Miss my goddamn leg. Vaporator broke again. It's too goddamn hot. <laughs> I'd go after my leg. Those same people, they took my leg. I'd go out there and fix it. No, I gotta wait till it heals. <laughs> when it grows back, I'll be right back out there. Your mom's dead, kid. Why don't you just admit it and just stop talking to me? (laughs) We've been around the world talking about Baru today. We've read poetry talking about Baru. Like we said, Baru is love. Thank you, everyone, for sending all those Baru haikus in. Luke's just not a farmer, Owen. He's got too much of his father in him. The new Star Wars Land of the Jawas that you put together. Action figures sold separately. You can move the action lever and make the Jawa capture R2-D2. R2, are you all right? What are they doing to you? You can raise the elevator and make R2-D2 disappear into the sand crawler. Hang on, R2. I'm right behind you. Me too. (laughs) Kenner's new Star Wars Land of the Jawas. Action figures each sold separately. This is Captain Rex. You're listening to Jason and Gabe on Blast Points. And these blast points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. Every single week, and I'm going to call it by its, its proper name now, Apple Podcasts Reviews. When you're done listening to this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts. If you write a little something on there, we will read your review on an upcoming show. And it helps the show in some mysterious way, and we love reading those reviews. And check out our website, BlastPointsPodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and sign up for the Blast Point Super Chill Group on Facebook. 
where it's always blast points. And if you have more Baru haikus you thought of because of this episode, go on Facebook and post them and we'll read them and we'll love them. And if you like the show and want to help out, we have our Patreon. You can help out the show and get a few bonus episodes each month. Just posted a few days ago our commentary for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. It's a really fun one. We had a lot of fun recording that one. Yes. Any any excuse to watch Temple of Doom. Yeah, I'm not going to turn it down. And we've got uh, more stuff coming on the Patreon next month that we're excited for and all kinds of fun stuff in the future for Patreon for the rest of the year. It's going to be a lot of fun over there. But that about wraps up episode number 175, Baru's Clues. We love Aunt Baru. I hope this episode has helped your love of Aunt Baru even more. Like Jason said, we love Baru. We hope you do too. I know we said it before, but I think next week is finally actually going to get ugly. <laughs> it's true. We've been threatening to get ugly, to get nasty, to get dirty, but it's finally going to happen. Yeah. How ugly, how ugly can Blast Points get? Yeah, we might have some help with getting ugly, but you'll have to wait for next week for that. But thank you, everyone out there. Thank you. Bye-bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you!